Pierre Poilievre was elected as the new leader of the Conservative Party yesterday. It was a very decisive win with 68.15% of the available points on that first ballot. Former Quebec Premier Jean Charest trailed far behind. So what will all of this mean for the Conservative Party? To talk more about this with us is David Mosscrop, political scientist, a podcaster and a columnist with Washington Post. Hi, David. Good morning. I had to check the time there. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Still very early on a Sunday morning here. I think uh, a lot of people were expecting Poilievre to be elected the new leader of the Conservative Party, but it was a, a landslide, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was effectively a coronation. Um, the second coron- or the first of two coronations we're going to see in the next little while. It was Truly, truly uh, an absolute drubbing. I mean, Jean Charest is mentioned second place, 16%. Uh, Polyev won something like 300 ridings, uh, won the popular vote without without a doubt. Uh, and this comes from the membership. So this is the party membership, many of whom signed up to be Pierre Polyev members, uh, saying this is the person they want leading the party. Yeah, there was a time where Jean Charest would have brought in more votes. What changed? 30 years? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but no joke, 30 years. I mean, you know, he, at least federally, I mean, he's been in federal politics for quite a long time. He was obviously in Quebec politics for a long time. Um, but the Conservative Party changed. I mean, it, it collapsed, not exactly under his watch. It was Brian Mulroney's watch. Um, but he was in, in the remnants of the Conservative Party. It was a progressive Conservative Party. It was fairly centered, sort of business conservatives. Uh, not indistinguishable from the liberals, but broadly similar to the liberals. And the party uh, changed. Uh, you know, Stephen Harper came along. There was a fissure. They came back together. And there was a battle over what kind of party it was going to be. An old red Tory kind of centrist conservative party or a kind of liber- quasi-libertarian proper conservative right-wing party. And they chose the latter. And they chose it again with Andrew Scheer. They kind of tried to hedge a little bit with Aaron O'Toole. And now they've come full around back to Pierre Polyev. And uh, that's the kind of politics we're going to get in the middle of, of also a very different time, a time of crisis, inflation, pandemic, climate change. And here we are. Yeah. Polyev's speech contained a, a lot of slogans, as expected, mm-hmm. I think. What was he aiming for with his messaging, do you think? Well, I think it was the same thing he was aiming for uh, throughout the entire campaign, which seems to have gone on forever which is, um, you know, the government has failed you. Life has become impossible because of them. You can't afford your food. You can't afford your rent. You can't afford to, you know, go to school. You make less money uh, when you make more because of taxes. And the government's in the way. And so I'm going to come in. I'm going to undo the gatekeepers. I'm going to fire the gatekeepers. I'm going to unleash a wave of freedom. And then everyone's going to get everything they want. Uh, He toned it down a little bit on the sort of conspiracy thinking, um, convoy boosting, anti-world economic forum, fire the bank of uh, Canada governor, crackpot stuff. It's still there, but it's subtle now. Um, But it was really a message of, of getting the government out of the way so you can live an affordable life. And it's a pretty powerful one. And why do you think he dampened some of the more extreme language yesterday? Well, I mean, I, I dampens uh, the right way to put it, uh, because I, I do think it's still there. I don't think we need to, to you know, dismiss the fact that it's been there a long time and it's still implicitly there. But the fact is, and this happens every time, the leadership race is very different from the general election, right? A very small percentage of the general electorate 
voted in this race, a tiny, tiny percent, single digits percentage. Now he's got to move to winning 36 to 39, 40 percent of the general electorate, at least those who turn out, so that he can form government. That's going to require, I think, a slightly different message, softer message, tweaked message. But I don't think he's going to abandon his politics or his positions. I think there'll be a bit of a stylistic dampening and shift, but the, the politics are the same. Yeah, it's been a long time now since the, the Stephen Harper-led conservatives that we've kind of gone full circle with now after Scheer and then Aaron O'Toole now. There's a lot of talk about Polyev's potential to become prime minister one day. What's your outlook on that? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, who knows, first of all, a lot of things can change. We don't know when the election is going to be. A lot of things can change. Making strong predictions in politics is just begging to have egg on your face down the line. Although people usually forget, which is one time just love that, right? They can say whatever they want. If they're I'll right, remember. they come back and say, I told you so. And if they're wrong, they're like, no, I never met him. Never been on radio. What are you talking about? Uh, but the fact is, I mean, he's, he's competitive right now. Uh, you know, keep in mind that the last two elections, the conservatives won more votes than the liberals. They just had fewer seats, so they didn't form government. But they won more votes. Uh, and Polyev is, can absolutely pick up a couple more. And this is fun fact, um, or not so fun on this Sunday morning. Uh, Justin Trudeau's staying, he says. This will be his fourth election. It's happened twice in Canadian history that a prime minister has won four elections in a row. And it happened back to back. John A. Macdonald did it. Wilfred Laurier did it. Ooh. Hasn't happened in a hundred years plus. Wow. So it's tough. So it's it's but but the liberals must think that Trudeau's their best shot. Um, and Polyev thinks he can unseat him, and he very well might be able to do that. What did you What do you think Polyev's popularity that showed up yesterday? What did it rely on, and what's what's it going to take for him to increase that base? I think it's anger, anger, anger and frustration. And uh, mobilizing people who feel like they're not getting a fair shake. And, you know, quite frankly, people who probably aren't getting a fair shake. He's probably not wrong about that. In fact, he's definitely not wrong about that. He's right about that. And he mobilized those folks, and especially those who want a different government. And he's going to now take that message to the, to the country. And that's going to be a lot of people who want a new government. Uh, you know, disaffected liberals, uh, switch voters. Uh, traditional conservatives are all going to be out for a new government, uh, especially if things continue to be difficult when the next election comes around. You know, still in the pandemic, still dealing with inflation, affordability, still dealing with a housing crisis, you know, healthcare crisis. People who say, well, what we're doing right now isn't working. We need someone new. And Polyev was so good at tapping into that, that feeling, that frustration. Uh, I suspect he's going to take that now across the country as he has and try to mobilize those folks. And if things are still rough when the next election pops up, we think it's going to be 2025, but maybe earlier. Um, he's got a pretty good shot at making that message resonate. Yeah. You talked there about anger, <laughs> anger and frustration. I think uh, a lot of people think that that's exactly what Trump rose on as well. But if you think about Trump's rise, uh, the pandemic safety measures, the trucker rally, are those the things that paved the way for a leader like Poiliev or is there something else that we're missing? Uh, well, I mean, I think the, the first thing to note is that, you know, Polyev isn't isn't Trump. I know that a lot of people who don't particularly care for him or his politics want to, want to say that he is. Uh, I'm not, you know, not a fan of his politics, but I don't think he's he's Trump. He is, in fact, a party elite. He has been a politician for a long time in this party. He's not an outsider. He's an insider. Um, the one broad similarity is that he's willing to push norms and break them down. 
and associate with some folks that uh, politicians probably shouldn't be associating with. Now, that's a similarity and an important one and I think a dangerous one. Uh, so there is that. Uh, I, I think the paving of the way, though, of, has primarily been the pandemic and the affordability crisis, uh, housing crisis and healthcare crisis. And I think um, you know, in those moments, people start to look at the governments of the day and say, oh, I, I'm not convinced this is for me. And they start to look around and say, OK, well, who can replace them? And that's when they want someone who's railing against the establishment, right? Um, and, and I think that's primarily what allowed Polyev to, to rise. I will say this, though, that kind of rise of anger, frustration and backlash, which has been stoked by people like Trump, also paves the way. So it's not just about the crisis. It's also about the raging anger of, uh, of, of backlash that comes when things start to go sideways. David, that's about all the time we have this morning, but I want to thank you for your time. Entirely my pleasure. Thanks for having me.